This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on millennials, and you can learn more at ecfoundation.org. That's ecfoundation.org. Enjoy the show. Hey, fellas, we ain't gonna ever back down from nobody. I don't care who it is. This is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we have another. And another, and another, that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them, bang them, bang them. Somebody, light me up. It's time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Welcome back to the Turf District, where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. We are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and we are also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and uh, we're very happy to have you back with us this evening. Uh, and I say us, uh, but I basically mean me and our guest, which is fantastic. Uh, it's last minute, you know, Thanksgiving things. This is what happens. But uh, when you reach out to a friend, sometimes the amazing happens and your friend says, yes, I'm actually available and I would love to come talk to you. And so tonight we are joined by the one and only Travis Curra. How are you? Usually, because Mike is here, it would your all of your voice would come through his Skype. But because he's not here, nobody heard what you just said, other than event Thanksgiving was exactly the way you wanted it. So we could see the the joys of recording live. I tell you, Travis. Could they see me? Do I have to yes, do this? Yes, they again? could see you absolutely. Uh, okay. But there we go. Now we've got some sound going, um, and I'm so glad right. that I had the comments open so I could see that and get this tagged up. And. Um, <laughs> Again, usually Mike's job, but it's great. Uh, we've we figured out a way. Um, I will reiterate that you were saying that you were only having coffee um, and no funny stuff. I don't know if I believe that, but the, just coffee and cream. Even my 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 pants comment didn't make it. Oh, oh wait, is it now? <laughs> so just hope my phone doesn't tilt over yeah, here okay exactly this is i'm not a tv guy look i'm just hair and a forehead that's all i am <laughs> oh this is why we had you on it's outstanding it's outstanding um they, yeah they said there was no sound but uh joe says unfortunately we can see you uh that's nice joe thanks a lot um but it, but jerry says travis is funny even when you can't hear him because we all know your laugh which is which is amazing that's okay. that's what that's what we look normally Normally with two and out, I got to wait, you know, 15 hours to hear from Balineski. It's really <laughs> weird to hear from him in real time. I don't know if I'm going to like it. Well, but 
We'll see. I'll keep the comments to a minimum from what I can do. Yeah, exactly. Um, it sounds yeah, it sounds like you had a great Thanksgiving weekend. I I did as well. I spent um, most of yesterday calling the Pee Wee and Bantam games for the Chargers. Ta-da! Uh, let me tell you, when you're up in a scissor lift and it's raining and it's windy, not as the funnest way to call a game. And funnest is a word that I'm just making up, but still. It was, uh, but it was still, it's still fun to call the games. Like I, I enjoy doing that and it's, uh, you know, you get to have your little spin on it and all those types of things. And you've spent so many years listening to Al Stafford. You're like, yeah, I gotta be reasonable at this. And, uh, so, <laughs> so, so that was fun. Yeah, it was very good. Um, and then, and today I was, uh, putting up stuff in the room. So getting some new stuff up. So we're, we're getting ready be okay i think uh i know uh well we'll see if you if we hear any other things then we'll have to figure it out this might be just a live version we'll see how, how that how that plays out you're you're gonna sound really crazy aren't i it's just gonna be me talking to myself yeah okay perfect excellent uh well i i want to touch on this um a little bit i know you guys were talking about it on your show and uh now we're getting back to um uh, I, I don't want to get too far into this, but I want to talk a little bit about all the, the recent comments, uh, things that are going around, especially with Eddie Steele, who, who of course is a friend of the show. Um, and uh, we've, we've, we've had him on before. We will have him on again. Um, and of course he was let go from uh, Ched earlier this week. And, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and say, okay, well, it's this person or uh, this pointing fingers. I, not really my jam, but what I will say though is that the team itself, I'm I'm just disappointed. I guess I, I mean I, I think as fans we're disappointed with the play on the field, but we're disappointed in the fact that it just seems that uh, if you've been a fan of this team, you're you're used to them doing the right thing, and we're having a hard time with that right now. We're seeing a lot of things that we're continually having to defend the team, and when you're always defending something, it becomes tiring. And, and then you start to ask those questions. Like, wh- why is it that, that I'm constantly having to defend something instead of just enjoy it? And so I, I think the fan base as a whole is frustrated. I think uh, Eddie as well, who has a lot of passion for this team, you know, he, this is the way that he expressed it. And, um, but I, I think it really is. There's just that frustration of, where where did we come from right and and it doesn't seem like we're there now and i know you guys kind of talked about that a bit on two and out as well i think it's just uh and i and i did say it on the show the fact that it's a community-owned team and the edmonton fan base is a very smart fan base but it's it's the off-field stuff i think affecting the on-field stuff um when everybody around the league saw the elks roster on paper we all kind of thought it was going to be an explosive offense. Absolutely. The defense would be good, and this would be a Grey Cup contender. Yeah. Uh, I had them losing in the Grey Cup to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and both of those look like idiotic <laughs> statements, but that, <laughs> that was in July. Exactly. That's what we're supposed to make it. Actually, I don't know if you listen to my show regularly. I regularly make idiotic statements, so that's about right. Yeah, yeah it just fits in. <laughs> Me too. <Yeah. laughs> But uh, I, I don't think it's possible that uh, a roster of veterans like Edmonton has can just all of a sudden 
get old or whatever the problem is. Do you know what I mean? A player makes it to the certain stage of their career and the performance drops off. You just can't tell me that Ellingson, Walker, Harris, all these guys at the same time <laughs> just had their play dropped off. Because it'd be, it'd be one thing if the team was, you know, competitive, still involved in the community, mm-hmm. making these great decisions. But once news starts getting out that the locker room is divided and it's really hard to feel good as a fan, like if, if the team doesn't get along, how can how can fans get along? How can fans support that and have hope? that uh, they're going to continue to compete for the rest of the season and hopefully get better next year, you know? Well, and and I I was trying to think of an analogy for it because I, like, poor play on the field, we've had that before, and we've all made it through as fans, yeah, and, and, yeah. and you're frustrated, but you, you just think, okay, well, they're going to make this change or this change, and, and things will, will get better. And right now it's like yeah. I'm not sure what the changes are, but I also feel like – you know, we're, we're part of this thing and, and we all call it the CFL family. And it is that it is the CFL family. But right now, like we feel like we're the cousins that are bringing the inappropriate uncle to every meal. And we're just trying to defend every movie makes. <laughs> and it's like, right. I, we're, we still feel like we're part of the family, but you, like it's, it doesn't feel the same way as the regular Thanksgiving dinner, if you know what I mean. So, um, I'm hoping that at some point something can turn around and we can start seeing less less scandal and more. Hey, they made this choice as a right decision. Um, uh, going and actually going on that note, I did want to talk about the uh, the orange jerseys that they did for the warmups and in, in yeah. the beginning before the Winnipeg game. Uh, both Winnipeg and the Elks coming out in those orange warmup jerseys, uh, supporting Orange Shirt Day, and and in Edmonton's case, they're auctioning them off to support uh, Spirit North, which is an amazing charity to help uh, Indigenous kids get sport in their lives, which I I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was one of those things that's like okay. Those are the good things that we're used to. And, and so it kind of had that good moment. I've, I've actually bid on a jersey yeah. myself because I thought, you know, that's nice. something that's worthwhile. And I think it's actually pretty cool that uh, the entire league is uh, uh, doing different initiatives and things in the spirit of truth and reconciliation. The Bombers helmet, oh, the logo. Awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, that was amazing what the BC Lions did with the, the shirts and the, the logo mm-hmm. uh, that they were giving out against Saskatchewan last week. And to get kids involved in sport and uh, getting them feeling a part of uh, a family and this great game that football is, it can bring people together. One of my favorite things about football is that it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if you're five foot six 120 pounds or six foot five 350 pounds there's a position you can play (laughs) come out to the football team and i i love what football can do and i think the cfl as a whole is a great uh opportunity here to make a difference absolutely yeah and i i'm 100 percent on board and i'm hoping that no one will outbid me for that jersey because i you know i uh, that's one jersey are you going to reveal which one yeah, well, it says my name right on there. If you go through the things, oh. you can see it. But no, I, okay. I, I'm going after the I'm going after the Tanner Green because I don't have a 27 jersey, nice. and uh, I thought you know that 
maybe not as many people would want to bid on that one, but I will. So, um, yeah, because I think it'd just be kind of cool to have the, the – and I really like the look of it with the EE on the shoulders yeah. and the Elks in the front. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see see what happens. I guess we find out next Friday, So which might be the most exciting thing about my Friday because we're going to talk about so, the game coming later. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I'm on the radio in Red Deer. I will make sure to tell all of Tanner Green's friends in Lacombe that uh, we Great. need his jersey. Great. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, it's for a good cause. I'll have to be fired. <laughs> not that I'd be upset if they got that money, but I would not get that jersey then. I'd be getting a different one, that's for sure. Although I'd sit back and watch as you as you get it going up, and I'd just be sitting back like, wow, I feel like I had a part in this somehow. Yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, let's talk about the game that happened after they wore those lovely warm-up jerseys. Um, not a lot of good on the elk side to pull out. Tons of good if you're a Bomber fan. And I know that that's no good for you either, being a Saskatchewan fan. So, um, Well, that, Yeah, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> to you, uh, was, there, was there anything on the elk side that you would say was a good thing? Well, I got the script from you, and I feel like I should copy. <laughs> well, you can pick one of those or pick whatever you like. Yeah. You, you know, I, I will say that I uh, – and I, I did actually say it on my show too – that uh, I have been impressed with James Wilder Jr. as a whole mm-hmm. this season. Uh, not only is his performance while he has the ball, but – He's a guy that had a pretty bad name coming into the season and probably not warranted. Right. And uh, a lot of people considered him probably to be a pretty poor teammate. He's in it for himself, but he looks to me like he's one of those guys on the field that is fighting every play and is trying to create a fire under the rest of the team. And, uh, well, let's face it. Winnipeg's defense is just on another level. Yeah, absolutely. Than any other, than any other team in the CFL. So if he's he's at four yards a carry, I mean, yeah, you'll take it as you know what it is. But I think his compete level was still there for uh, for an offense that really didn't do anything literally <laughs> at all in the game. <laughs> but the the fact that he's still there, showing compete and fighting wanting to uh wanting to get better uh for the team and himself i i think it's it's a testament to him for sure yeah i think there was that image a little bit that he had the if yeah like, did he want to be there or not um and right now it very much feels like he wants to be there yeah. and wants to be performing and and behind what we thought was going to be an amazing o-line we yeah. thought he'd be able to produce because toronto had that difficulty when he was there with not really having the greatest of o-lines um mm-hmm. and he can produce it and i think you know there are games where he's getting you know six seven yards of carry we just needed to feed the ball more right so i can't uh, can't really argue with you too much on that one um yeah this one was a little tough 11 carries for 43 yards so not not the greatest one um but i mean the game or early on in the game passes were you know on first down either dropped or just falling incomplete and when you get into second and long against winnipeg it's just 
It's there's not a lot. Well, it's not gonna happen. As I recall, I believe we gave up three safeties. Was that what it was? Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's so there's a reason for that. Um, I did yeah. find a couple of goods in here. Um, the Hoover interception with the massive return was very exciting. That was uh, that yeah. was cool to see. Um, and I think the the D line goal line stand right at the beginning was. Uh, I mean, no doubt. I think the defense as a whole is quite good. They're just on the field so much yeah. that there's nothing you can do. Yeah, and there, I, I think if if the defense would be able to force more tor- turnovers, they'd be even better. Right. Uh, but they've been they've been struggling taking the ball away, and sometimes that is just luck. It's kind of the way it goes. <laughs> uh, but uh, the best defenses in the CFL, no, that's my ball. They take it away. And I will say, I think it was a better game from Terry Williams in the return game. They ended up getting penalties. <laughs> bring it back the returns but uh it was i think a better showing from them than uh, the week before anyway well now you're setting an incredibly low bar <laughs> so <laughs> maybe i mean how many years well, and, 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 how many years and i know there were the penalties so the it didn't count in the end but right it, it looked like there was something there you know well i, I you know what can you tell i'm struggling <laughs> i for many years, I have said, it looks like yeah, there's something yeah. there. And then that's true. So you get kind of to the point of, uh, whatever. <laughs> I'll believe it when I, I see remember it. remember Martise Jackson was going to be uh, the guy. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was going to be Martise Jackson. How many yeah. other guys can we name off that were supposed to be the yeah. guy? Right. And, um, and it just, but it's clear that these guys, they performed well in the systems they were in. Right. right? Uh, so the, 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 the blocking just isn't there for some reason, but the, the fact that it continues that way for what seems since Gizmo retired, I mean. well, Winston, October, I'll, I'll give Winston, okay, October. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and, um, uh, who's the other guy there? Tristan Jackson, I guess for one year had that little bit of, he was a threat, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. but beyond yeah. that, it's been. You know, Kendall had a decent one, decent year, but then the next year it was not there anymore. So, um, so I don't, I don't want to get yeah. too carried away, but it was kind of like, ah, well, we'll see it when we, we'll believe it when we see it when it happens more often. I think that's kind of where we're at. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, being that you know, it's your, it's your podcast and all. Do you know, did the Elks set the record for two and outs in this game? Because <laughs> I think that, I, I mean. It has to have been. I, I don't know how, like, they'd get the ball within their 10 and two and out, like, I don't know how many times. Like, it was, it was horrid. I'm, I'm trying to look for the stat okay. <laughs> on that. But uh, <laughs> when when just about every drive is a two and out, it's got to be up there. And uh, the Elks are on track to maybe be the official team of the two and out podcast this year. They really should. Which, uh, they should be. Everyone didn't expect. No, everyone thought it was going to be Ottawa, especially Brazilian tie. Yeah. And now it looks like it's <laughs> not going to be that. So, um, 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Uh, the scary part of this game, actually, for me, Winnipeg left about 12 points on the board. Um, so early in the day, I had said to my buddy, I'm like, oh, I'm, <clears throat> the way that this is kind of going, I'm, I'm predicting like 42 to 8. <laughs> and if they got the other 12 points, I would have been half right. So, I mean, it was uh, it was not 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 a great game to sit down and watch that is for sure uh, i only watch it in bits and pieces because yeah. on friday i decided it was more important to go on a date with my wife and it was wonderful and if you haven't seen it already the new james bond movie is amazing it is thank you i'm uh i have i've only been to one movie in the past year and a half and i think bond will be the one to get me to the theater again the, the last one i saw and i'm ashamed to admit it is uh, fast nine okay. And uh, the reason I saw it is because we went camping in Jasper and it was 42 degrees. <laughs> so I would have seen any movie. <laughs> Just put me in some kind of air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I uh, I wholeheartedly feel your pain. I mean, it's, yeah. <clears throat> I don't even have anything to catch the sweat anymore. It just all drips yeah. off. Like horrible. You gotta grow your eyebrows out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is as far as I was kind of allowed to go. I think that's probably where we're headed with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, you know what? I get that. That's a good. That's a good reason. Um, we hadn't been to a movie in forever, and uh, it was just we finally got you know the chance where my mom could watch the kids, and okay, we're gonna go on a date. What are we gonna nice. do? And Nicole's like, okay, if we go to the VIP theater. And we sit in the back row. There'll be no one behind us. There's lots of extra space and they'll block the chairs off beside us. I think I can feel safe if we do that. I'm like, okay. So that's what we did. And let me tell you. I've never been in the VIP. If you have any issue with falling asleep in a comfy chair, maybe don't. (laughs) But otherwise, it's the way way to watch a movie. They bring you the popcorn to you. You have your legs up. You're all cozy. It's. Oh, and the, and the seats we had, the seats actually had heaters in them. I'm like, I'm not turning that on because if I do that, there's no way I'm making it through a two and a half hour yeah, movie. Yeah, no but doubt. it was, yeah, it was very good and a great movie as well. So I recommend that. Um, I need some of this Turf District YouTube money, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm paying you the same as I get to be on the show this evening. Yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> That's all that works. <laughs> Uh, let's go to a couple of YouTube questions here before we get too terribly far. Um, all right, Ken Ludwig saying, uh, this is giving me flashbacks to the Eric Tillman era. Yeah, it's probably fairly close. Um, Tim Capper asking, Andrew, thoughts on if the last minute head coach change just made the Elks issues show up sooner? Um, so the change from um, Milanovic to... Um, Elizondo, do you think that that played a role? Um, uh, my first thought on that is that it plays a small role in the fact that Elizondo came here to a team already built for him and he wasn't able to build his own coaching staff. And the coach's cap is going to wreak some havoc with that. You don't have the same abilities to just get guys. So um, I, I think... Not that he wouldn't have picked some of the guys that are already with him, but I think not being able to pick your own staff does play a role. And they they kind of had a short ter- term to kind of get on the same page as a, their own team above 
actually coaching the team. Um, so I, I think that would play a little bit of a role. But what do you think, Travis? Well, if you look at the rest of the West, Saskatchewan kept their coach, Winnipeg kept their coach, Calgary kept their coach, and I know BC uh, did a switch with Rick Campbell there, but he had more time. Mm-hmm. It was right after uh, the 2019 season, if I remember correctly, yeah, yeah. in December, yeah. that uh, that that change happened. So those guys, they probably spent all of 2020, even though there was no football, talking with their staff, getting them all set up. So they probably came into the season probably more familiar with each other than the Edmonton staff did. Yeah, absolutely. And time to kind of work together and figure out how this is, how, how do we want to yeah. coach them, right? So where Elizondo had basically a couple of months to before it was getting ready for training yeah. camp. So that's, uh, well, then then it got extended, I guess. So I'm going to give him four months to before training camp yeah. started. So just makes it, might might have made it a little bit harder for sure. And that that's a great point, Tim. Um, Ken Ludwig, uh, I'm not sure the Bombers uh, would agree. They're actually a little concerned about how things went. Now, I don't... I don't know how as a Bomber fan, <laughs> although I was talking with Neely, our friend Neely today, and uh, he was saying, I don't know, after that first half, I thought maybe they, you know, they, they could they could turn things around. And I'm like, well, have you watched any of our second halves this year? And have you watched any of the Bombers second halves this year? That was the part that I like, wasn't worried. Especially the fourth quarter. They've only given up six points all season long in the fourth quarter. It's been incredible to watch. I thought that they left more points on the field than the 12 that you referenced. They missed three field goals. They missed an extra point. Dembski dropped a sure touchdown pass. It, it felt to me like Winnipeg did not play up to their level that they had been up to that point. And I don't know if, well, they had off-field uh, issues this week, too, with their leading right. receiver getting an impaired driving charge as well. So that that affected them. They had uh, – Darvin Adams only had one catch on eight targets. True. Kelvin McKnight comes in. So they were off-sync as well. There's no, no hiding <laughs> okay, that. So off-sync and they won by 27. So, I know. That's why um, – it's really hard to hmm. talk about that. It so, weird, wait a second. But... They, they they won by twenty seven against the only team to have lost to Ottawa twice. Okay, that seems about yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. So oh, so the they could be they could be the horror. <laughs> Brazilian tie right now is like <laughs> like extra headache all of a sudden, like more headache than you would have after the weekend. Um, let's, <laughs> so uh, Ken also says I am concerned with an Elks defense that tends to over pursue and have some rather sloppy tackling. Uh, I think we're not the only ones that are worried about sloppy tackling. I mean, the games today were very exciting, uh, but there were definitely a lot of moments where there's lots of guys who are not wrapping the same way as we, we would like to have them. I think Um, that's, it seems to be happening all over the league and, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it makes uh, good for exciting football when there are mistakes on defense. So. <laughs> That's, isn't it points puts people in the stands? Isn't that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the stands going to be like a Commonwealth? Well, we'll get to that after. Okay. Um, Tim Capper found it interesting that they uh, bought uh, brought Martin Bedard out of retirement. Um, now, 
the reason that they did is because uh, Chad Rempel goes to the six game list. Um, so we need a long snapper of some kind. So uh, that's that's why he did come in. Um, and so we'll have to see how that really goes. Uh, and Ken, just like you said, said only 12 points. <laughs> like, probably more than that. Yeah, yeah pro- probably more than yeah. Um, Tim also says that he has no update on Vernon Adams as of yet, but he assumes it's a broken collarbone, which would be horrible, uh, for a guy that was really, really having a decent season. And, and, uh, although, I mean, Schiltz comes in and and does the job, but, uh, boy, you know, we're all thinking of Vernon and, and hoping that he's okay. So big, big star in this league. And we don't like to lose stars in the league. That's for sure. Yeah. He, uh, put a lot of pressure on himself. I think to perform this year and early on in the season, it was inconsistent, but uh, last week hurting the ankle and coming back, I think he showed a lot of leadership and his team wanted to really play for him uh, and uh, support him through that. And then it just looked like a kind of an innocent tackle. It did, but just wait, if you land the wrong way. Yeah. not, Not good. Right. So, you know, I, uh, I've revisited the 91 Grey Cup this year because the 30th anniversary, the Argos and everything. And I'm just going to say, if Matt Dunnigan can play with a broken collarbone, come on, VA. <laughs> 700 yards. Come on. Yeah. Also, if you don't know, you can also bet Regal. Like, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you might as well just yeah. go full Matt Dunnigan on this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see him carving up that turkey today? Jeez, that even made me hungry. That was amazing. Yeah. He gave Rod Smith half the turkey. <laughs> no. So Rod Smith is in a super coma right now because he's had a lot of yeah. Yeah. Holy jeepers. That was ridiculous. Uh, one other news note we should talk about before we uh, move on to setting up this week's game. Oh, my. Um, is um, Harris is not going to be starting on Friday. Uh, Coach Elizondo says today that uh, he needs a little more and a little... <laughs> Well done. Um, he's starting in the in your podcast. I can see that right there. Uh, he's ready to go. Yeah, I got. Uh, this is my uh, episode of uh, Hoarders with Superfan Mike. <laughs> I can't wait to tell him. That's exciting. I have I have one of those right there in my little. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's where he's starting. Is on my shelf, um, and the shelf for the team, as it seems, is Taylor Cornelius will get the start, and they will back up with uh, Dakota Prukop. Um, lots of things flying around. Um, of course, uh, the Harris is not injured, from what we know, and uh, but this is also we. I think we're at the stage where we kind of got to see what we got. Well, I think Edmund or Calgary winning. Mm-hmm. Two games against Saskatchewan puts them right back yeah. <laughs> into the playoff hunt. They'll be fighting with BC and uh, Edmonton maybe just kind of looking at this as training camp. And uh, <sighs> Cornelius and Prukop are athletic guys. Uh, Cornelius' start at Commonwealth a few weeks ago. Uh, was that against Calgary? Uh, no, his first uh, the Labor Day the rematch. First, no, the first one was against uh, Winnipeg, and uh, okay. and it, it was reasonable. Like it, he he kept it close for the and three he had quarters. One day of I think. Practice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
and uh, per- Perukov had a big – didn't he have a big 40-yard run? He did. He did. He had a massive so run. These guys are athletic guys. Yeah, and you when you start to look at it, it's things like, okay, well, we – Let's let's see what happens when we we hand this guy the reins and and see if it changes at all. One one thing that they both can do uh, rather well is move the pocket. So I'll be curious to see that yeah. as we as we get to the game this week. So um, double checks just to see if there was. I saw there was a couple other things that were coming across here. Um, uh, Weiss is lug 08. I'm not sure. Why slug? Oh, wait. Okay. Uh, I feel like the sloppy tackling comes from being fatigued, which might happen when the offense struggles a lot, which is very true. Absolutely true. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's set up this week's game, shall we? Yay. Um, <laughs> I didn't... Uh, I mean, we still come back to do this. So we're still gonna we're still gonna talk yeah. about it. Uh, Elks. Hey, we're talking football. Correct. Yes. We're not uh, we're not saving lives here. That's that's very true. <laughs> it's very true. Um, Elks are back at home. Uh, opposing team, of course, has the advantage when they come to Commonwealth these days. Uh, they are taking on the Bombers once again. The Bombers' defense uh, will likely be hunting for a shutout. I would think at this point, <laughs> just because they, they're just playing on. On another level, um, what do you think the keys of the game are for the Elks to uh, to have a chance in this one? Just keep it to you know first or second and five or second and six instead of second and ten or second and twelve. It it seems like such a small thing, but just to support the young quarterback a little bit, and and I think they should give the ball to Wilder more. in, in the past this season. Uh, teams have been able to run on Winnipeg a little mm-hmm. bit, and Toronto did it. They yeah. rushed over a hundred yards yeah, absolutely. on uh, on uh, on Winnipeg. So maybe there are some holes. And uh, Winnipeg, they had a few injuries coming out of last week. Jamarcus Hardrick, the right tackle, left the game. Those might they might affect them a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> second and medium or short, that has to be a focus instead of throwing it for 20 yards on first down because that's it's just it's not going to happen against this team and and i would say that probably about every offense (laughs) that's that's fair um i i will throw in what uh what superfan would say which is wishbone two running backs just push it down the just constant all night just do that and then uh, we'll see how it goes uh but uh you know what i i maybe the bombers just take pity on us Maybe they just think, wow, this poor team, they keep... No, they won't do that. Um... <laughs> you know, I think there's going to be a time this season where Winnipeg's kicking game is going to cost them. Yeah, and and yeah, it won't be this week. But I don't it know if it'll be. happen this no, week. No, no, but it'll be yeah. when they're playing a team that's... I don't know what the rest of Winnipeg's schedule is, um, but if they're playing a team like Calgary or they're playing a team... Um, you know, like uh, Toronto right now, really the way they're playing. Yeah. Right. The, the missed kick could be a problem. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I hope it's this Friday. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, go defense, go. <laughs> hey, and Edmonton <laughs> needs to stop starting uh, field position on their five. God, I wish they could do that. I Uh, wish they could do that. Yeah. Just if their starting position could even be like the 35, like that would be a step in the right direction. Absolutely. 
I 100% agree, but I've stopped saying that that's a key to the game because when you repeat it for four years and it doesn't happen. Okay. All right. And stop this guy. <laughs> Look at you in the bobblehead collection. Wow. Yeah, I have uh, I have more at work. Or is it just got, that you collect uh, John Bowman? Do you just collect bobbleheads that say Harris on them, or is it just my Harris? Bobblehead. I need an RJ That's Harris. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then just make a little sign up above the hair eye. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. I like See? this. I like this. I look forward to it. It's this. a new great cup troop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. The traveling Harris. I, I can't be part of it. You're talking about hair eye. <laughs> I can't be part of it anymore. <laughs> oh, well. I'll, I'll, I'll find something. It'll be great. Um, let's talk about some pickums. Uh, we've got some interesting games this week. Uh, at least, well, two, two of the three are very interesting games. Uh, first one, you watch Edmonton win. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all night. To say, I don't know. I couldn't even, I couldn't even make that giggle. Like I tried to stifle it. You could see it on the YouTube. I did try. It was not. I couldn't stifle it. Uh, so Montreal against Ottawa in the first one, the rematch of the game today, um, which was a actually a good game. Like I, I was yeah I really enjoyed watching that. Um, loved the uh, the kind of game out for um pain what's his, what's the first i can't remember cameron Artist there we pain. go yeah he had uh yeah. quite the game um almost won uh the the cfpn fantasy for joe against me this week but not so much wow. um but uh pre-match <laughs> back in ottawa um again we're seeing caleb evans take steps every game and and kind of get towards things uh how do you see this game going in the capital well, I'm looking forward to seeing more Matthew Schilt. Yeah. Um, he's only gotten in for a few pass attempts this year, but he makes things happen. He got in against Hamilton when Montreal beat Hamilton in overtime. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like a 64-yard pass to Quan Bray. <laughs> and then then this week he goes three for three on that final drive and he scrambles for 19 yards and they get the winning touchdown. So I... I think Matthew Schultz might be one of the forgotten backup quarterbacks in the CFL. And I think he might have a pretty good performance Saturday in Ottawa. And there was moments in this game where those teams didn't seem to get along. Kind of a big, you know, one of those, you know, fast plays where Vernon Adams gets hit by Abdul Kana mm. and then it was getting pretty testy. And I don't think they're going to like each other anymore. And, Five days. <laughs> no, no Actually, I'll, you know what I really liked about that, though, is that that was a rivalry that I was hoping would kind of start as Ottawa and Montreal. They're so close yeah. to one another, much like Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, Hamilton. I thought this is a yeah. good recipe for a good uh, rivalry, and they, they've never really had it yet. But today, it really mm. felt like that rivalry was there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know Tim will agree. It's just good to see Thanksgiving football back. Oh, yes. Um, there were a few years where there were no games mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving Monday, and I think it needs to be owned by the CFL like Labor Day. Yep. Make it a tradition. And if it's got to be in Montreal every year, 
do it. I like yeah. it. Well, I loved the I love the way it was today, where it was all East teams. Like I, I thought that was great. Yeah. Although, but you could have had Montreal, Ottawa, and then a you know a, a Saskatchewan, Calgary game after or whatever, yeah. and that, that would have been great. But great rivalry yeah. games and both very close games. So I'll I'll take it. Um, yeah. Now, who do you got winning though when they're playing in Ottawa? I... <laughs> Ottawa took that lead late in the fourth quarter. I, I still think I'm going to go with Montreal. Though. Okay. Uh, because yeah. Ottawa is not playing the Elks, I'm going to say it's Montreal. <laughs> but I think it'll be a really close one again. Like, I think yeah. that, like, Ottawa is going to have to learn how to finish games against really good teams. And, and this is a, this is a good team, but you never know, right? Schultz comes out and is, is he going to have the same, you know, thunder carrying an entire game? But I, I really think if you just put them face to face that, that receiving core in Montreal is something else and they should be scoring points like crazy. So I'm going to just give them the edge there and say Montreal takes that one. And I think both teams discovered that they have running backs that probably need to be on the roster every week. The Lance Turner for Ottawa, I thought had a nice game. He had over seven yards of carry and Cameron Artis Payne. I mean, if him and Stanback are in the backfield on Saturday. Yeah. That might be tough to stop. Absolutely, yeah. Look out, look out. Uh, next game is Calgary versus BC. Uh, this one in BC. This is going to be quite the game because BC is coming off the bye. Uh, Calgary's coming over the two, uh, coming off of the two wins over Saskatchewan, knowing that they have to play Saskatchewan again the week after. What do you think in this one? I, I I struggle writing off the Stampeders. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the couple wins in a row, it seems like Bo is kind of catching his stride again. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the BC defense doesn't have the same weakness as Saskatchewan's up the middle, but that's where Calgary lived that entire game. And Kadeem Carey had his best game, I think, in the Canadian Football League. Right. Uh, it's... They keep that going, and now Calgary's got continuity on the offensive line. I I think they go into Vancouver and get the win, but that's going to be another close one, I think. Yeah. Because both teams, they're in the hunt for that West semifinal. Oh, I know, yeah. And it's going to be it, – it'll be an exciting game. I agree with you, though. I think Calgary takes it. I think with the lack of – or the loss of Lucky Whitehead is a huge deal yeah. to the BC offense. And you're right. I think the BC defense has different strengths, um, which could play very well against Calgary. But I don't see BC's pass rush the same way as as Saskatchewan's. Um, and you kind of be able, to, you got to be able to then drop back and make sure Bo isn't getting it in there. And like you said, Bo's starting to hit his stride, which is what we're kind of more used to. Um, so yeah. I, I'm going to give Calgary this one in a squeaker. Um, and, uh, and and I'd like to say that I'm, I'm hoping over the bye week that BC learned how to run the ball and maybe we get a little more balance there and, and that would make it exciting. But I, I think Calgary just pulls it out, unfortunately. It's so sad. And running against uh, Calgary's, their interior defensive line, 
worked Saskatchewan on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, those interior guys on uh, BC, they're going to have their work cut out for them. I think that uh, there may be some there may be some benefit though for, you know, the screens, the the swing passes. Yeah. Um get get guys like Shaq Cooper that are shifty and speedy out of the backfield yeah. and uh, and and let them bring all their bring all their horses. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. a horrible pun. Uh, they'll bring them all in and, uh, and then go around yeah. them. Right. I think that'll help. So it should be rather interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we usually place an Elks prop bet of some kind to see how the game goes. Cause we don't bet against the Elks, although we say they're going to lose, we don't uh, bet against them. Uh, so do you have a, 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 something that you think we should bet on? And then I will set a line and then we'll see where we go over or under. Whew. Holy man! Okay, I'm uh, I'm just pulling up a game from a few weeks ago. I think we should go with Cornelius passing yards. Ooh, Cornelius passing yards against the Bombers. Oh my. Okay. So this is his second game against yep. them. Am yes, I... that's right. Yeah. Yep. He did. He and did play the last the bit first... of the, the last game too, but. Right. So in the first game. Taylor Cornelius went 19 of 33 for 243 yards with three interceptions. Okay, but we're going passing yards. That's what you want to go with? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I am going to set the line against this Bomber team right now. My goodness, because they just they seem to get better every week, that defense. Let's go with uh, 229 and one half yards. And would you say... That he is going to go over or under on that? I'm taking the over. Are you? Interesting. Yeah. All right, then. I'm yep. taking the under. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Happily. Yeah. That's fine. I'll take the under. It's great. Um, I think that I, I'm actually the reason I'm taking the under though is not because I don't think he could do it, I, I really think it's because. Like you said earlier, I think they've got to lean on the running game a little bit this yeah, game. And and as much as as much as they main I just don't want them to abandon it early. Like use the running game, try yeah. try and push and push to get those, you know, second and mediums, like you said. Um, even if it's second and six, like if you're even if you only have a four yeah. yard average, I'm okay with that. Just but you gotta be pushing the rock a little bit. Um and that's why I think that his passing will be a little less instead of 33 attempts we might see yeah. in in kind of the low 20s for attempts and that's where he might end up in that 220 ish range is where i'm thinking so so we shall see yeah i know it's i know it's tough and there's been a lot of talk in saskatchewan that those 14 15 yard drives are pretty tough to pull off yeah. but uh i think edmonton just needs to grind it out yeah. against winnipeg and tiring out the defense honestly seems like an impossible task against the Bombers. <laughs> so true. Uh, they've added more run defense enforcements with Steven Richardson has come in since the Edmonton game. Of course. So it'll be tough, but get the offensive line uh, hitting Winnipeg a little bit, and I think they'll appreciate that. Too. Yeah, yeah, they just they just might. It might, might make it rather interesting. Uh, let's see if we have anything here um, that we can answer here. Uh, Tim Capper, of course, says, yes, the Thanksgiving tradition continues. Got to have that. Um, oh, I guess the part that we didn't mention about uh, this coming Friday, probably the most exciting part of been setting up the game, 
Hands Correct. Like- See, I knew how you knew exactly where I was headed. That's perfect. Mbop, baby. That's the... Now, let's let's face it. Their voices have changed since 1997. Sure. Is... <laughs> so is mine. Is no. <laughs> Is uh? Do they have a more adult version? Look, I'm fascinated. Is there a more like adult remix bluesy version of Mbop? Actually, there is, and I have heard it. They have done. Yeah, it's actually kind. Yeah, it it is a little. Yeah, actually, I would recommend. I would recommend searching it up because it's actually not bad. I was yeah, I was kind of impressed. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a little more Mbop, and it's not not your you know. (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of low tones in that particular voice now. Yeah. Um, Listen to the sultry oh, I tones of Andrew tonight. Tell you, I'm doing. I did not think I would hear you singing Mbop. Well, nobody did. That's and no one would have tuned in otherwise. <laughs> um, just doing my best, Dave Campbell here. That's right. That's right. You just gotta watch the play. That's right. Okay. You're good. Not bad, eh? I yeah, it. I know. I listen to him a lot. That's what happens. Um, Ken Ludwig saying, uh, still trying to figure out why there wasn't a roughing the passer on that Vernon Adams hit. Um, I th- uh, I think he, because he's out of the pocket, so I don't think you can call it roughing the passer. It should have been um, possibly um, unnecessary roughness, but I don't know. Yeah, I think that's probably... We've seen similar plays like that where the quarterback goes to slide and at the same time the defender goes for the hit. And that's what happened uh, with Zach Kalaros mm-hmm. in Saskatchewan and Simone Lawrence. It, it almost looked like almost the exact same play to yeah, me. Yeah, fair. Um, but Canna ended up kind of – it wasn't head on. Right. Like Simone's hit ended up being. It could have been, could have been worse, but uh, – Let's just say we've seen less get called. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Uh, and uh, I know that, um, yeah, Tim said uh, that we uh, we both know uh, the CFL will make up the call with a fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, probably. Um, I guess we will we will find out about that. Um, now, the funny thing is, is uh, before I set the line, uh, Why Sluggo 8 put the line at 224 and a half. <laughs> I put two, yeah, I was five yards off your line so, and, and everyone's taking the over. So, um, but uh, Ken does say third time is a charm for the Elks. Well, sure. Sure, we can it, hope for it that. It is tough to beat a team three times. Uh, okay. Have you seen the team that they're playing, though? Yes, I have on Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl. (laughs) Don't remind me. Man. Man, I was at that West West Final when uh, Cody Fajardo hit the the crossbar. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm well, uh, I'm familiar with the Winnipeg (laughs) Blue Bombers. I kind of figured. I more meant that uh, it's... I meant the I team know. that the Bombers are playing against. There's a good chance you could beat that team three times. But lots you of other teams, play the you got to play the games. That's right. Got to play and see how it goes. Um, let's talk about our fantasy rosters just really quickly. I know it's super early in the week. Um, and I know that um, 
this past weekend was rather interesting with the double games. Uh, I know I just squeaked out a win, like I said, over Joe by like two points. Um, I know Superfan won his uh, match. I know you won your match because you were... Oh, were you playing Coop this week? Oh, no way. Really? I had the second highest score in the league playing the highest score in the league. Oh, man. Yeah, well, Coop had quite a week. He had quite the week. Um, But, uh, I, yeah, I I was very impressed. You had like 127 points or something. I thought, wow, look at at Kura just ripping up the charts. Yeah, I went with... uh... A couple Argos, mm-hmm. uh, a couple uh, on the Argos defense, yes. and Caleb Evans. So all of those players played two games, and uh, I went with uh, Rashid Bailey of Winnipeg and Braden Linnaeus of Saskatchewan, yeah. and they both had near touchdown catches. And if that would have happened, I might have won the game. But uh, Coop ended up having uh, Chandler Worthy, oh. who had a had a big game on Thanksgiving. And yeah, yeah finished me yeah, off he did and uh i know i i went with rashid bailey too and uh, the only part that i was kicking myself about is that i didn't pick up that stand back was out otherwise i would have started that running back so instead um i took morrow yeah. with saskatchewan just because i needed a cheap running back to put in there right so i could fill the roster so yeah because i went with timothy flanders who had uh he had like 13 and 14 carries mm-hmm. in the past couple of weeks he had a bad game against Toronto and then didn't play on Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> I had that with... That was another tough one. I had one. Kenny Stafford and then it'll only... Like, had a decent first yeah. game and then didn't play today. And yeah. I'm like, come on. But anyway. So last week we had five games and this week we only had three. Gotcha. So it's going to be... Uh, that's that's a different challenge in itself. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's hard to pick enough guys with the price amounts to find you really gotta really gotta search for those gems those 2500 guys are going to be tough this week that is for sure so uh but it always makes it fun so that's uh you know why don't we gotta try something right so (laughs) as as long as you're not a cheater and you pick a defense (laughs) attaboy i like that Although the bomber defense might be about six thousand yeah, well, dollars, so <laughs> still might be worth it. Still might be worth it. That, yeah, right. You, yeah, you yeah. never know. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Pod Power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Book Women. And I know you've talked about this one on your show. Book Women is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Three Métis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy. Guests include Indigenous storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting, burlesque, books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. And you can listen to find out more at bookwomenpodcast.ca. That's bookwomenpodcast.ca. Thanks for coming on, Travis. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a joy to talk well, to th- you. Well, this is like a, like a double crossover. We're doing an APN crossover. We're doing yeah. a, a CFPN crossover. Um, it's amazing. And, and for last minute, and I know usually around this time, you're, you're on the radio. So I'm glad we picked a holiday Monday that you could jump on and, and chat with us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't wait to see your new turf district in person. I tell you that. Well, much. yeah, you you will be on the invite list when we are allowed to have people over for sure. And uh, proof of vax. Or yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> both, both of us are both of us are are medical workers. You got yeah, that's right. Where's your where's your proof? You don't get in otherwise. Yeah, none of this negative uh, test crap. You got to have your proof. I'd show you, but I'm on my phone (laughs) right now. (laughs) It's important to have that. Uh, While we, uh, while we wrap up here, tell everyone where they can find your show, where they can uh, find you on Twitter and all the things to interact with you and your amazing giggle. (laughs) I I need, we need a, well, I guess this is sort of audio uh, social media. Uh, but the two and out CFL podcast comes out every Monday and Thursday during the season. And then after the season, it will be, uh, it'll be bi-weekly kind of thing. Um, and we did that all pandemic long. So I know you can try to get rid of the CFL, <laughs> but you're not going to get rid of us. <laughs> so follow us at two and out CFL and uh, myself on Twitter at Travis underscore Cura, C-U-R-R-A-H. Awesome. And, uh, of course, as always, uh, follow all the co-hosts on here. You can find uh, Commissioner Kayla at Duchess Lombardi. You can find Superfan Mike at 56 Parkies. And, of course, the uh, the history at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. I'm trying to do Mike uh, a little bit of service there to make sure that he knows uh, that we're, we're, we're looking out for him. And, and he... He delivers that much better than I do, but at least I try. Um, <laughs> make sure you're following the Pay It Forward with football people uh, because they're amazing and we continue to spread kindness as we should uh, and make sure that that uh, is, is the message that's getting out to all the people you love in your life and, and are giving thanks for this past weekend. Uh, lots of great shows, of course, coming out from the CFPN, like the 2 and Out podcast, uh, but check out all of those shows at cfpodnetwork.ca. And of course, you check out all the great shows on the Alberta podcast Podcast Network at Alberta Podcast Network dot com. I change it up every time just because it's fun. We need a jazz. Song. I know, right? Dot com. Dot com. That's right. You know what? It's almost like we're all going to be we're all be sitting in front of our TVs with our uh, different hats on and you know like just grooving out to Hanson. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Uh, or join the huddle with us at the Turf District. That's on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We will be back next week to talk about the likely two and seven Elks, but you know, whatever. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. I think that might be the title of the podcast. There is a chance. chance. There's a, <laughs> Travis says there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. So for Travis, uh, Commissioner Kayla, super fan Mike, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we will absolutely talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 